from a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's hashtag Taiwan, Taiwan Explained, and In the Spotlight. But we start off today's English language features with a brand new episode of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Thursday, June 4th. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today, we've got Andrew Ryan. How you doing, John? Oh, doing great. Up next, Taipei and New Taipei are getting ready to reopen their campuses, their school campuses, to the public. We'll be telling you what that means and what the public was doing on those school campuses in the first place. Then, why do people eat ice cream after eating hot pot? We'll be answering this question and also explaining why this culinary question has been causing debate online. We'll also be telling you about a new Taiwanese invention, a comfier, more eco-friendly way of testing for COVID-19. All that coming up next. Please stick around. I'd like to start off today's program, though, on a bit of a more serious note. Of course, our listeners know about the protests going on in the U.S., and I'm sure by now everyone knows why. Another case of police brutality against African Americans. Um, well, there's a Taiwanese angle to this story, and I think Andrew's going to share that with us now. Yes. Uh, so, Black Lives Matter. It's not only uh, a hashtag, it is also a movement um, and uh, it looks like people in the United States are saying that enough is enough. Uh, and it's good to see that uh, places around the world, um, you know, even, you know, other countries like in, in Paris, we're seeing people who are taking to the streets to show their support for this movement. And uh, we are seeing some support here in Taiwan as well. And I will tell you a little bit about that. Uh, in just a moment um, about some of the events that you can attend, uh, where you can find uh, places where you can reach out if you want to join the movement or offer assistance or money or time. Um, but I do want to say that um, even as we're you know discussing all of these things, we are seeing um, that uh, there is a very low level of sensitivity to blackface in Taiwan. Uh, we've seen a number of recent cases in which people have performed in blackface. Um, it, it, you know, putting black makeup on your face uh, is never okay. Uh, I thought yeah. I'd put that out there. Um, so basically what it is is we're talking about these local kind of dance groups. So there's one called the Luxie Boys, uh, which a couple of weeks ago um, got a little backlash for performing in blackface. Um, they were trying to emulate, I guess, a popular um, meme of pallbearers in Ghana who dance with a coffin set to electronic music. Um, obviously, it's one thing to do a dance. It's another thing to do that same dance with uh, dark makeup on your face to make yourself look back uh, black. Um, of course, that's historically been associated with minstrel shows. 
uh, and you know, which are rife with discrimination against uh, people of African descent, a tradition that was uh, very popular in the United States many, many years ago. Uh, unfortunately, some people uh, don't really realize that this is not a great thing. Um, and then just uh, on May 31st, there was another group of three men from a comedy group known as the Wacky Boys who took to the streets of Tiamu and Taipei, again, donning blackface. Uh, they went into a department store in Tiamu. Uh, they sported the same garb as the uh, the people in the meme. They were carrying a prop coffin and dancing. Uh, again, they were in blackface. So, of course, the black community here in Taiwan uh, is, you know, well, it doesn't. it's not just the black community in Taiwan. I think a lot of people are quite upset about this. It's a shocking image. Um, I, I mean, I, it's one thing to say that, you know, people in Taiwan are, are sheltered from this and they, they don't really understand the depths of history that mm. go behind this. Um, but I think it's important for people to let them know. Well, we had the same thing before with Nazi paraphernalia, haven't we? Yeah, you know, the, the first one time I saw that it was an advertisement for air conditioners. Right. And it was like uh, something about playing your part in the Cold War. And it was like, okay, first of all, let's get our history straight. Yeah. Second of all, you cannot use Hitler as a way of selling air conditioning. And There's just no way you can do that. The swastika is a Buddhist symbol, but I think it's turned the other way. So it's not meant in that sense. That's right. I forget. One is clockwise. One, one is, is counterclockwise. counterclockwise. Right. Uh, so, but this is completely separate. We're talking about actual like armbands and the whole thing. Yes. Yeah. I mean... So I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's very frustrating to see this kind of thing um, appearing. I, I'm glad that people are talking about it. Hopefully some education can take place. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just really shocking, especially at this time when we're seeing people taking to the streets across America, you know, uh, trying to lift up black voices and to kind of change people's minds. Um so I wanted to, can I, at the same time, can I just tell you about some things that people are doing here okay. in Taiwan? So if you're interested in uh, how people in Taiwan are uh, supporting the Black Rights uh, Movement or Black Lives Matter, you can go onto Facebook. There is a Facebook page which is called Black Lives Matter Taiwan. Uh, it's only, I think, recently been set up, um, but there's about a thousand people who have already uh, liked the page. Uh, if you are listening from Taiwan, you can also like the page. They have a post that says, uh, you know, basically, how can you help? Because I think a lot of people feel very frustrated or feel like uh, they want to do something. But, you know, we're so far away here in Taiwan, it almost mm. seems like it's not we're, we're kind of removed from the conversation. Um, but you can click on that. Um, it's a photo, basically. It has a black background and the yellow words. Uh, here's how you can help. You click in and it gives you a link to um, a uh, like a sign-up sheet. So you can basically tell them who you are, how to contact you, what you're interested in offering. Is it time? Is it money? Is it um, your personal expertise? Are you good at PR or translation? Um, and so you can kind of let them know who you are and then they can get back to you when they start uh, organizing events. Now, they do have one thing that's going to go up on um, June 6th. That's this Saturday. It's called Taipei is Listening, a community forum. Uh, it's going to be 8.30 to midnight at a local bar in the Gongguan district called Another Brick. Uh, and it says basically it's a community forum event towards ongoing action in support of Black Lives Matter. So if you are in Taipei and interested in joining that, um, you can go and check that out. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's just 
when something happens in another part of the world, it can seem like you're so far away, right. you know, when you're here in Taiwan. But the internet brings us so close to these images, these videos, just the video of this this man, George Floyd, um, you know, dying at the hands of the police, just shocking. Um, so to be able to kind of find an outlet or a way to help out rather than just, you know, reposting stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for reposting stuff because more people can see it and and more people have access to that information. But if you can actually, you know, um, you know, put your 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 money or your time on the line, do I think something. That, yeah, do something exactly. So uh, if people are interested, this is a great way to get involved. Well, it's been a long time since schools have been sort of closing down to the public. I mean, it looks like it started in Taipei, at least uh, elementary to senior high school indoor venues from January 31st. And then that was extended to even the outdoor areas on March 23rd. So actually, they've been closed for longer than I was aware. Yeah, you know, I remember when they closed the uh, Taida campus, the National Taiwan University campus to outside traffic. And that's really the only campus that I go on because it's a great cut that's through. Nice. It's a beautiful campus and you can cut through on a U-bike if you're trying to get somewhere. Uh, I was disappointed to see that, but I understood that right. they're trying to, you know, keep campuses safe. Mm -hmm. And in nearby New Taipei, it was sort of a similar schedule. I think the dates were a bit different. But anyway, they're starting to reopen them again. Actually, they weren't expecting to doing to do it until the middle of July. But now they're saying uh, they could be open, let's see, in New Taipei, for instance, on June 8th. June so 8th. Soon. So that's like Sunday, right? And or Monday? Is, we're talking yeah. about the outdoor areas they're going to start with. And it'll just be a weekend and holidays at first. And then eventually they're going to be able to like start opening indoor areas as well. But they're going to have the indoor areas are going to be they're going to have like what they call like the real name registration system. So they know who's going in when and so forth. Mm -hmm. And that's so if somebody does uh, come down with COVID-19, they can right. trace the contacts. Yeah. But first of all, though, uh, for some people from certain parts of the world, it may be surprising that the public is actually is on school campuses at all we're talking like elementary school campuses and so forth not yeah. just not just universities they don't allow that in the u.s no yeah for safety they'll call the concerns. police on you yeah, right i had a cousin who was trying to register his daughter for a school in the u.s and was waiting for an appointment with the administration and they had the police called on him because he was sitting in the parking lot he got in there too early oh no so like yeah even that's a bit dicey so but here people are regularly on campus and what sorts of things are they doing uh, well, I think a lot of people use the campuses just for exercise, you right. know? Right. A lot of them have these uh, track and field sort of facilities. Yes, it's so good. And actually, what's interesting is there's a high school near my house, and the actual gym, they open that up to the public, so you can go and exercise there for a fee, and it's actually even run by an outside organization that's sort of like a... It's almost like a BOT thing. Mm -hmm. It's a, It benefits the school because they get the, the revenue, but it also helps the community to you know have a place where they can work out right i, there, I used to live uh, pretty much across from one elementary school and uh it was it was quite a happening place and, I'm, and people of all age groups there well into the evening too they mm. have put the floodlights on at night so you can still run around the track and people play um, basketball soccer this you know that you've got the, the ladies dancing doing the little uh oh, the, or whatever it is <laughs> the, the uh, lady older ladies <laughs> yes yeah. um and i also there was also at, at the same place where i used to live uh, a high school near by that had a similar thing but it was a swimming pool that was open to the public an indoor swimming pool that mm. when their swim team wasn't using it that's great and... it's usually they have a thing where it's like after 
five o'clock, I think, then the, the campuses tend to open up. Right. They, they make sure that all the kids are have left the school for the day. Yeah, to be clear, you're not like people aren't showing up at noon to go for a run. <laughs> like that's probably not going to. They have security people like little. Guys, yeah, they're, they're not going to let you in. They're not that. like sneaking into the cafeteria no. trying to get one of those uh, school lunches. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind me. I'm just one of you cool kids. I saw some baked beans. I thought I'd have some. <laughs> they probably so, have baked beans in the school lunches. So. Here, yeah. But um, yeah, uh, and in Taipei, it's going to be a little bit later. It looks like uh, outdoor areas here in Taipei are going to be June 13th. So maybe about a week, a week later yeah. so from New Taipei, but around the same schedule. Uh, once again, uh, they were saying in Taipei as well, it was going to be mid-July, mm. but they uh, decided that we've done a good enough job keeping COVID-19 at bay that uh, it's safe to reopen now. Yeah, well, depending on when you're listening, there's been about 52 days of no new domestic cases here in Taiwan. As of recording time. As of recording time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Don't jinx it, Andrew. Don't jinx it. I'm, I need to find... Okay, there Something we go. Something to knock on? I'll yeah. knock on my head. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, pretty soon we should be allowed back on campuses to get our exercise in. And after COVID-19, we have... After all this mess, we're going to have no excuses now. The, the yes. gyms and everything are going to be. And I think open. a lot of people have a couple extra quarantine oh, pounds on too. A little extra drunk in my trunk, <laughs> I know. So. Hot pot and ice cream. Since the very first time I came to Taiwan, probably one of the very first days I was ever here, that's something that I've just known goes together. But why is that? When you think about it, it's rather an odd combination. Hot pot is sort of a... Hot thing. Yeah. And cold ice cream is a cold thing. <laughs> but one seems like more traditional, and why would you pair ice cream with that? It's sort of a... Yeah. How, did, how does that I mean, it's like, it's like the chocolate and peanut butter commercial, right? Yeah. It's like where they like somebody trips and their chocolate falls in the other person's peanut butter, and it's sure. like, oh, these things go together, it's I something guess. something that I guess people take for granted, but when you stop and think about it, why is that? Why is that? And people were indeed asking, why is that? I'll give you one guess where people were discussing this. On a hot pot Facebook fan page? A pot close. PTT. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's not close. That's that... an online forum. Well, it's also on the internet. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is where a lot of people discuss, well, pretty much anything. It's like the Taiwan Reddit, almost. Yeah, it's... except more ms Dossy. Yeah. It looks like it, remind... it takes me back. It has, a black... my... <laughs> it has a black screen. To my yeah. uh, elementary school computer lab. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so people, you know, somebody brought up the idea, like uh, the question, why is it that we always have ice cream after hot pot? And of course, people had a lot of different answers. Uh, what do you think is the answer? I think it's an extra like, because it's free. They don't charge you for it. It's That's a, all right. you can eat. And it's sort of an extra, an added bonus to, I mean... I don't know. And one more freebie to get people coming in, I guess. Yes. Well, yes, that's a good thing. Uh, it's a great way to get people in the front door. Um, but some people are saying is it gives you the false impression that you're getting your money's worth. So essentially what it means is that after you've had a full meal uh, and then you have ice cream, you it makes you feel like you're full and you don't want to eat anymore. So the reason why one of the people wrote in was he said that he had gone 
to Hot Pot, and he noticed there was no line at the ice cream. Everybody was lined up at all the other stations. Mm. And so he went and had his ice cream first, and then he was full and didn't feel like eating anything else and was very angry. <laughs> so Haven't, he, Didn't his parents ever tell him it would spoil his dinner? I like, mean, my parents told me that. So, <laughs> But then again, like dessert after meals is not that common in Taiwan. Fruit is sort of the, the limit of yeah. the time. Fruit after meals, although they say you should eat your fruit before the meal, because if you eat your fruit after the meal and then it ends up sitting on top of meat, and then it basically, it just uh, ferments in Ew. your stomach while it's waiting to digest. Well, that's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. It's not good for you. It turns into water and alcohol, so it doesn't really give that you too many pleasant, nutrients. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different amount of alcohol, I think. Uh. Um, so then other people were writing in and suggesting that... Um, uh, maybe it's, you know, the ice cream is the real draw of hot pot. Um, another person said that uh, it's a type of dessert that keeps really well. So True. they can actually keep it for a long period of time. It doesn't go bad because it's, well, it's frozen. Well, right? it's in a tub too. There's no preparation required. No prep required. No, you don't need a, a pastry chef. People or, serve know. themselves. Right. Exactly. Hmm. Um, no cooking like red bean soup would require cooking. Yeah. and So... Uh, I looked up on the internet. I, I did a little research into this to find digging. out what happens when you eat desserts and why we eat them after the meal. Well, basically, ice cream contains protein and fat, both of which our bodies need uh, to help level our moods. So, of course, it's going to make us happy, right? <laughs> that's one factor. I think factor. that's a really kind of an excuse. Well, it's not protein, so it's part of a balanced diet. Well, no. It says um, because it has, um, it has amino acids uh, and like... Uh, tryptophan which are known to increase serotonin production uh, and that leaves us feeling calm satisfied and happy wow also the reason why they put it after the meal is because uh it has all of this concentrated sugar rapidly digested starches or fatty acids which can be tough on the stomach if you have the ice cream first it can actually give you an upset stomach oh. so that is why you should uh eat your desserts after the meal um, and that uh, means that you're not going to give yourself gastric distress. Gastric uh, distress is never fun. Never fun. And that guy who uh, had it before his hot pot, well... Do you have gastric distress? I think he had gastric oh, distress, man. and so that's why he was upset. Well, but I, I, the, the, what I'm thinking about these theories, though, is that a lot of hot pot places are, ba are like all you can eat. Yes. So I feel like you're saying to make you feel full. That probably only works at the minority, I think, of hot pot places that have set sort of waste-free sort of meals that have come out of with a very set size i mean i think you're going to be feel full regardless right if it's gonna, a if it's yeah. a buffet because people try <laughs> i mean they're they're not always very inexpensive these places that are all you can eat so you definitely want to get your money's worth yeah too. people are definitely going for to get their money's worth oh, no, no, I, no. i'm like the worst person to go to a buffet oh yeah yeah because I, like, I don't i have don't one like thing feeling, and i'm like i'm done I'm, I'm, yeah that's, I'm that's good. about it <laughs> <laughs> so we don't need our ice cream don't make it that ice cream make it that make it the expensive items on the menu right there yeah. you go well here's a cool piece of not really technology but uh, it was developed by the industrial technology research institution here uh the itri so i guess it counts as technology it's a booth basically yeah. for testing covid19 oh a booth a booth like I a like toll booths. booth that's fun not like a booth at a night market a booth like a toll uh, booth oh, oh oh i thought you meant like a little booth in a restaurant 
like no, fun like, seating. No, like a security <laughs> booth. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Like but, a drive-through. Um, kind of, but it's a drive-through for getting tested for COVID-19. Now, we didn't invent the concept. Apparently, they're being used in South Korea, but ours is apparently more eco-friendly because it uses less electricity. Now, you may be asking yourself, what's a booth mm. need electricity for? The answer is they have an air condition because it's hot here in Taiwan. Oh, right. And if you're standing outdoors with helping people all day long getting tested, uh, you're going to want to stay cool and... So anyway, uh, it has energy saving features, a technology that reduces daily electricity costs in each booth to less than 60 NT dollars per uh, hour. Per, it doesn't say, but I would imagine I can imagine per day. That's a bit. I mean, that's excessive. only two U.S. dollars. Right. That's a pretty good price for energy. You can assemble it in two days. I don't know why the, it's a small booth. I, look the, I don't know why it takes two whole days to... Maybe it, it comes with IKEA instructions. I was going to say, like, it, it may, that must be the... I was going to say the exact same thing. Or the, they, they don't give you enough of those slot A's to put into slot B's. Yeah, little pegs. You drop and them all over the ground. Holes and have to count them before you start. Anyway, um, so yeah, they've got a comfortable and dry environment. And you may be wondering, how do you test someone for COVID-19 if you're inside a protective booth and they're outside? Well, they've got glove holes. Glove holes. Yes, so you can kind of stick your arms out the wall. That's actually a really, really smart idea. It totally protects the person who's conducting the test. And they're being very cautious, though, because even with all this, the people inside, the test takers, have to still wear a surgical mask and a regular lab gown. But that's definitely a lot easier for them to put on than all the special protective gear they would otherwise be required to have. Oh, that's really good. And you have air conditioning, so you're not sweating everywhere. And uh, it enables sample taking. I don't know how they measured this exactly, but 12 individuals can be tested per hour per booth, meaning that one booth can sample up to 240 people per day if necessary. That's three times more. Of course, we love to gloat about things that involve South Korea here (laughs) than the average of 70 samples per day from booths currently in use in South Korea. So, ah. (laughs) So, but my question for you is, is like, do we need to do a lot of tests? I thought we pretty much eradicated it almost. No, but it doesn't say this in this article. What I imagine this is going to probably be used for is one of what the whole, what are they calling it, micro factory, all of the things that we're exporting abroad to help other countries. I think it's... it's, uh, Taiwan can help. Of course. Um, And it's positive pressure too. Which I guess also probably requires some electricity. So. so positive pressure is where they like squeeze all the air out after you're done, or like like there's no like wait wait what? It's like it's constantly keeping the flow of air going outwards. I think that's what they mean. That way you're not breathing in anything. And it says it offers higher efficiency in sample collection and a contamination free environment. Wait 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 for the health I thought, workers. I thought there were negative pressure. That's for treatment. Oh, so positive it. pressure would be on the uh, maybe it's side like positive the... chakra, like energy. Like, <laughs> it's sending good vibes. They play like little crystals. <laughs> yes, <and> like <laughs> I like it. Breathe in. Can we go even if we don't want to <laughs> yeah, test? I don't know. <laughs> I could spend an afternoon in there. <laughs> I'm sure it's it's it would be good for the people getting tested too. Those look very painful. Oh yeah, uh, my, I heard I, my, about that. My mom is a nurse. She said that apparently she did her first COVID test recently. Oh, it's like if they flinch or something, cause it's like right up their nose. Oh no. Um, so yeah. it doesn't have anything really particular to help the people getting the test, but at least it keeps our health workers safe and relatively comfortable. And uh, there's a lot of very top notch. Uh, sort of institutions involved in this. We mentioned, of course, the Industrial Technology Research Institute, but we've got our uh, university, National Taiwan University Hospital, Shinju Biomedical Park, uh, McKay Memorial Hospital, Shinju Branch, and so a lot of 
top-notch people are working on this. That's great. It's good to know that there are some smart people that are uh, offering solutions. Right. Well, before we go today, some exciting, well, I won't, I won't say news, possible news. We're not quite sure yet, but the Ministry of Education says admission of incoming international students uh, could come maybe during the summer, in July, during the summer vacation. Um, That's really important. I have actually some friends in Taiwan who are international students. They haven't left, but they may have to leave if they can't continue their education uh, late summer or, or in the fall. Yeah, um, it looks like they're maybe going to stagger them. They don't want everyone coming at the same time. They're all going to sort of focus on countries with lower infection rates first. I don't think all the word details are quite worked out, and this is going to happen in July, so they better figure this out soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Clock is ticking. They will probably still have to stay in quarantine upon entry. Each university is going to have to figure something out, whether dorms or special accommodation. Yeah, like I said, clock's ticking, but... Uh, That's right. This is... is the new future of COVID-19. Hey, but I mean, at least, you know, we're not totally closed anymore. Maybe they can have yeah. them in comfy booths. I like that. There yeah, isolation Some booths. Positive energy booths. Chakras. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, that does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Andrew Ryan. Please stay tuned because coming up next, we've got Hashtag Taiwan, Taiwan Explained, and In the Spotlight. Welcome to Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. And this week, we're going to be talking about something that happened on Twitter. Now, Brazil and Taiwan joined forces on the internet last week to fight back against Chinese censorship. One of the more sensitive things that happened lately was the inauguration of President Tsai Ing-wen in Taiwan. She was sworn in for her second term, which is normal for any country. However, because China opposes Taiwanese independence or things that reinforce that idea, they tried to suppress mentions of that inauguration. Now, China is no stranger to asking outright for what it wants. During the COVID-19 pandemic, the country sent letters to governments requesting that they thank China for their assistance. Now, this happened in the American state of Wisconsin and in Germany as well. However, this all came to a boiling point when China overreached and sent letters to lawmakers in Brazil telling them not to congratulate Tsai on her inauguration. Now, if you've been paying attention to the show, you'll know that when you tell the internet to go left, it will bank right as hard as it possibly can. Stick around and listen to this internet tale straight out of Taiwan. This week on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about Brazil. I'm not talking about the Amazon rainforest. I'm not talking about Christ the Redeemer. I'm not even going to talk about Carnival. In fact, in order to tell this week's story, I need to bring one more country into the fray. Now, Mr. President, if you please. China. 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 On May 20th, Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen was inaugurated for her second term in office. You should know about this because last week I did a Taiwan Explained on the inauguration, and if you don't know it, then shame on you for not watching videos containing the fabulous me. Anyway, the Chinese Communist Party claims that Tsai Ing-wen is an illegitimate leader, mostly because her existence challenges the notion that Taiwan belongs to China, so any reference to her as president does not make China happy. Now, we've seen this before. China has cried foul when U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo congratulated Tsai on her inauguration. 
Usually, China's complaints come after the fact, but recently we've gotten an inside look at the lengths the country will go to to get what it wants. Now buckle up because this story is about to get juicy. You're looking at a letter that the Chinese embassy in Brazil sent to members of parliament. The document explicitly tells MPs not to congratulate Tsai on her inauguration. Now, on a scale of worked out perfectly fine to completely backfired, how well do you think this plan worked out for China? Netizens got together and lambasted China for their attempt to take over the narrative and control the flow of information. Going back to Brazil, telling MPs not to congratulate Tsai on her inauguration, well let's just say hashtag Viva Taiwan started exploding in popularity. It's trending in both Taiwan and Brazil with both countries showing more solidarity than ever. President Tsai even got involved. She tweeted, Thank you to all of our friends in hashtag Brazil for your kind congratulations. And I hope you are staying safe and healthy. Hashtag Viva Taiwan and Viva Brazil. What's even cooler is that there are two roads in Brazil called Rua Taiwan, which means Taiwan Street. John Chuang and Liu showed everyone where it was on a Google map he created with Yen Pin Su that marks all of the streets named after Taiwan in the world. In fact, you'll find streets named after Taiwan in all the continents except for Antarctica, of course, because as far as I know, I don't think there's any roads out there. That was Leslie Liao with this week's Hashtag Taiwan. Be sure to follow us on social media. Leave a comment below. We would love to hear from you. In today's Taiwan Explained, I'm going to tell you what's so special about Hong Kong. And no, it's not Canto Pop, Dim Sum, mm. and Wong Kar Wai <laughs> movies, even those are very special, of course. What I'm going to be talking about is the special status of Hong Kong's special administrative region. Okay, you have 60 seconds to do this, Andrew. Are you okay. ready? Yep. All right, go. All right, what started off as a small Chinese fishing village would become a British colony and the financial hub of Asia. Now, before the British returned Hong Kong to Chinese rule in 1997, Chinese leader Deng Xiaoping came up with the concept of one country, two systems. It gave Hong Kong a capitalist economy and an autonomy for 50 years. Now, since the handover, the PRC has handled defense and foreign affairs for Hong Kong, and it left everything else up to Hong Kong. Things like its currency, the use of traditional characters and Cantonese, a special passport, a free press and internet, and even its own team at the Olympics. But even more importantly, what was special about Hong Kong is that businesses used it as a stepping stone to get to China. It has had 
low taxes, light regulation, an independent judiciary, and one of the world's freest economies. Now, that led some countries to give Hong Kong special treatment, like Taiwan and the United States. But the U.S. says that Hong Kong is no longer autonomous and is reconsidering that preferential treatment. Perfect timing, Andrew. Thank you. And Very I should good. mention that Taiwan is also reconsidering special treatment for That's Hong Kong. That's right, as we saw in the video today. Um, so actually, Taiwan and Hong Kong have been very close. It would be a major a difference if we change that, right? If we change the act that governs our relations. Absolutely. You know, Taiwanese businesses have long uh, used Hong Kong as a way to uh, do business with China. A lot of businesses from uh, Taiwan are set up in Shenzhen, which is just across the border from Hong Kong. Uh, it's just made everything so much easier. Even back in the day when we wanted to fly to China, we couldn't go directly. We had to go through Hong Kong. Uh, now, of course, for Hong Kong's residents, coming to Taiwan has been super easy. Coming here for work, to live, to study, much easier than it is for people from the rest of China to come to Taiwan. Well, President Tsai has also come out this week to say that she wants to propose a program that would offer residency for Hong Kong people because she really does uh, empathize with them. Mm. So we should be seeing some new ways of how Taiwan is welcoming Hong Kong people to Taiwan. Yeah. Actually, we saw a huge number of people uh, coming last year. I think it was 5,000 people last year after the protests began. Also, the other thing is, too, is that China has used the idea of one country, two systems and suggested that as a way of ruling Taiwan. That is it for today's Taiwan Explain. RTI, exercise for your mind. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin. And today we're going to be hearing more from the Taipei Ladies. Well, actually, it's a platform. Uh, and I'm going to read from their mission statement. Uh, Taipei Ladies is to serve as an information exchange for women and to become a platform to discuss health and beauty services around town, as well as a place to support each other and connect with the local community of ladies. The aim of this group is to create a safe place for local and expat women to share inquiries and personal experiences. And I was talking with uh, Jessica Turiziani and Carrie Kallenberger, who are expats in Taiwan. And they were talking about just, you know, what things uh, Taipei Ladies has to offer, uh, such as people who haven't arrived in Taiwan, um, questions about that. And after they arrive in Taiwan, then they ask questions like, you know, uh, where can they get vegetarian food? Um, how, where can they get uh, plus-size clothes? And et cetera, et cetera, all kinds of information. So today we're going to continue from that. Just what more can you get from Taipei Ladies? You know, um, Jessica showed me like the front page to, um, I guess, uh, your group on Facebook or somewhere. And I mm. just only looked through it briefly. But the things that caught my eyes was that you guys talk about clothes, makeup, fashion, those kind of things. I said, whoa, what kind of group is this? You know, the I got interested. Is, though, the thing is, like we, like Carrie said, we cover everything. It, we don't really have topics that are off limits. Like I know some groups will say like, you know, you can't discuss this or this or this, but we 
I, I, I want to say like we'll allow almost anything as long as it's relevant to Taiwan. Obviously, we're not going to have something that like some event that's going on in Hong Kong or something, you know, from like, like Italy, like we're not going to have that really because it's not relevant to, to expats here. But I mean, we like, we, we do have group rules. I don't know if I, if I sent you a copy of our group rules, I, I really feel like having these rules and clear guidelines really sets us apart as like sets Taipei ladies apart from the other expat groups in Taiwan. But we have a great admin team. So there's yes. six of us. And I think that's also key to running the group really well. I think a lot of other expat groups, I'm not in other uh, Taiwan expat groups either for the same reason Jess is. It's just, uh, it seems like there's too much drama in the other groups. For our group, uh, I don't feel that there's a whole lot of drama and our admin team is really strong. There's six of us. So there's always somebody on the page uh, making sure that Everybody's kind of staying within the guidelines and um, somebody's always watching new topics that are coming through and watching the comments and keeping a close eye on things. And does that mean that there's somebody there 24-7? No. Pretty much. Pretty, pretty, mm, I mean, we, we are humans, okay? We are human. We, we do sleep, you know, at night. So I wouldn't say we're there 24-7, but we are there as much as we can be. To do this job that we, we, again, do this for free. Like we don't make money. This isn't any kind of job that we get paid for, but we do our best to manage the group. And, you know, sometimes like, I know this has happened to me. Like, um, for example, I wrote like, Hey guys, I just deleted this comment. Um, if the poster like messages anyone, like I'm, I'm running into class, I'll be busy for the next few hours just to let you guys know. Um, cause we, we also have like our own little admin group to discuss things like that. And that way, if I'm not available to handle it, like, or like if I was talking to someone and I'm not available anymore, I say, Hey Carrie, um, I'm, you know, just to make you aware of this situation, this happened. If, if someone wants to talk to you about it, you know, what's going on. So for the most part, we are not on call 24 seven, but if we wanted to be there, like at two in the morning, if someone can't sleep and I'm just going to scroll through my Facebook, I will be there. But as a rule, like we do have, you know, outside lives. <laughs> Is this considered a close group then? Yes. Wow. 2000 some people. Now I'm curious, um, what would be the reasons that Taiwanese locals want to be in this group? To meet other women. Okay. Um, of course. To meet Something, other women, to yeah. practice their English, um, just to get information, maybe to offer information. Uh, we've got a lot of business women in the group that um, like to talk about the services that they offer. So we've got estheticians, we've got hairstylists, uh, we've got yoga instructors like Jess, uh, we've got people that offer all sorts of interesting, look, my cat's just opened the door, sorry. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we've got, we've got women in the group from uh, all avenues of life, and uh, they get a chance to talk about what they do. Uh, we've got journalists in the group, uh, writers, uh, school owners. So it's just a great place for women to connect in, to talk a little bit more about what they do, uh, maybe to get some support. We have handled some... Um, some harder topics over the last couple of years. So uh, every once in a blue moon, we, we have a woman that maybe comes through in distress. Uh, maybe there's been some sort of a domestic violence incident at home and she needs a little bit of support. 
um, or you know, maybe a medical situation pops up where somebody needs some support or needs some help at the hospital. So we do have a, it's like a guide uh, of notes that we've attached to the group that offer resources uh, for where you can go if you need help or if you need an advocate for a specific um, situation. So a lot of people are interested in that as well or just find that it's a little bit safer knowing that they have those resources there in English. Well, that sounds like you guys cover a whole lot of uh, assistance in all aspects. I mean, you guys become experts then. I mean, whether it's psychological need or mental needs or physical needs, of course, you know, I mean, emotional needs. I don't know if I'm an expert. I'm just always happy to hold somebody's hand if they need me. So do you guys have like set places that you guys do meet, I mean, in person? I'll talk a little bit about events because, I mean, we've always done like a casual, hey, if anyone wants to meet up for coffee or if anyone's free for lunch. But I, when I went to the Middle East a few years ago with my husband, I felt extremely isolated in my community because there wasn't a group like this. So when I came back after a year, I like, I made it my mission that, that I don't ever want anyone else to feel like that again. Anyone new in town, no, you have this group, you have a meetup. We, we try, now this is, you know, pre-coronavirus. We try to do something once a month, whether it's a lunch meetup or some kind of clothing swap or maybe a book swap or just a coffee in the park something. We, we want to have events and the members like them. They really, really do because honestly, it's, it takes a lot of effort to arrange an event. Okay. So I know sometimes we'll see members like, Hey, who wants to meet up on Saturday? And it's like, Oh, I do. I do. Well, what time are you free? Well, I'm free at this time. Well, how about you? What about this place? No, with our events, I will say, okay, we're going to have an event. You can choose this day or you can choose this day which day would you like the event? And then whichever one has more events. Okay, Saturday. Saturday at one o'clock, we're going to go to a restaurant. Now, here are some restaurants. Which one would you like? The one with the most votes gets it. And then I book the restaurant. We go there. We have a good time. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lynn. Being in this group, how has it made you guys appreciate Taiwan even more? That's a, Is that that's a difficult a, question? I don't know. Difficult. I'm um, just going to throw it out. Suggestions that come through in the group now that I don't know about. Uh, but I do love hearing from new people in the group saying, hey, should, what should I do this weekend? And then there's like 101 answers that come through that are like, oh, you should go to this place or you should check out this place. So it's always interesting to see what other people are recommending that we do here. And I, I love those conversations. Um, actually, I'll mention this because it's sweet and it's nice. Um, we have a new a newish member that's here and she asked where to get a birthday cake last week. And I'm pretty sure her birthday is tomorrow. Her name's Sydney. So happy birthday, Sydney. Um, anyways, last week she, she asked about uh, where to get a birthday cake. And the, the conversation that went on about where to get the best cake in Taiwan. <laughs> we must have had like, oh gosh, we had so many answers. And people were like polling and then it was coming through and you're like, oh, I'm going to save this whole post and then we're just going to eat our way through it. Um, 
then yeah, it's, you know, sometimes you hear about things in Taiwan that you didn't know about, or maybe you, you hear about somebody who's launched a new business that you want to get involved in, or uh, you hear about a charity group. I, I love hearing about the, um, the animal rescue groups in, the, in our group. Um, we have quite a few of them that are rescuing animals from the streets here. That's always interesting, and it's nice to see women step up and say, hey, I can foster this cat, or I'll adopt that dog. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just such a wide range of things coming through all the time. And it's, I'd say almost all of it's really positive and really supportive. So I keep saying it's a really great group. Uh, and I'm just going to continue saying that it really is my favorite group in Taiwan. <laughs> I agree. 100%. Okay. And Jessica? Um, I will absolutely agree with everything that Carrie said. I, I actually just looked up that cake post and there are 58 <laughs> comments about where to buy a cake. 58 suggestions for you, Shirley, about a place that you can go and get a good cake in Taiwan. That's, that's great. Like, it's, it's like that. If you're looking for something or you need something, the outpouring of support from the group, whether it's just you know, something simple, like where can I find a certain type of nuts? I need some nuts. Where's the best place to get nuts? It, it just makes me happy to see other women like caring so much. And, you know, we like we as the admin team, we see every single post before it's in the group. Like we approve everything. So if it's, you know, not really relevant, we might not approve it. But if it is and then because we've all been here for so long, generally we know, oh, you can go here or you can go here. So I just I'll approve a post and then immediately comment hey, I know this person, she goes to this shop to buy this, this item, maybe you can try there. Or if that doesn't work, there's this shop over here. It just makes me very happy that because I've lived here for so long, this is my way of giving back. You know, because I was once this girl that had just gotten off the airplane, I had no idea where to buy anything or where to go, what to do. And I didn't have this group when I first got here. I, I don't know if it was even around. If it was, I definitely wasn't in it, but it would have made such a difference. And now that I'm just, I'm very happy because Taiwan has been so good to me. I've had a great life here. You know, I got married here. I enjoy myself. I live comfortably. I work hard, but I, I live comfortably. And having this group here just makes it a little bit nicer. And on top of an already great life, having this support and knowing that you know, if I'm, if I want to have coffee on a Saturday afternoon, there are 2000 other girls in Taipei that also might want to meet up. So it's almost like if you need someone, you, you can easily find someone to just spend a couple hours with. Like, really, I've seen posts like that. If you're commenting like, Hey, I'm feeling a little bit homesick. Does anyone want to just take a walk? You'll have 25 girls. Meet me. I'll meet you. I'll meet you right now. Like I, it's fine. And for me, that just, that makes me very happy. Oh, that's great. Let, let's say somebody, um, after hearing you today, want to join a group. How do they go about doing that? You want to promote yourself, your group now. This is your time. Type in ladies. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're pretty easy to find. I think you could just type in type. We're not closed. We're not secret right now. We're closed, but searchable. Got it. So just type in type in ladies. On Facebook, yeah. Type, type in ladies. ladies. Okay. Answer the membership questions. Because if you don't answer the questions, you will not get into the group. Got it. Okay. You should well, have a profile that's older than a year. 
So yes. that's the other thing is we don't let people in that have started a new profile on Facebook. We did have a troll problem a while ago. Uh, mm -hmm. So now Facebook accounts, uh, people that are joining the group, the accounts have to be mature. Uh, so they need to be at least a year to 18 months old and have content on their page in order to join the group. And that's just a safety rule that keeps all the women in the group safe. Well, thank you so much. It's really been a lot of fun learning so much about Taipei ladies and what you guys are offering. And it's really awesome what you guys are doing. And I can see why you guys love staying in this group and keeping this group and keeping it healthy and good. And it's for the good of a lot of people in Taiwan and as well as people who eventually might join, you know, come to Taiwan or something. Thank you so much. You Keep sure. it up. Thanks for having us. Thank you yeah, for having thanks. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thank you.